Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, Resume Update 2010, Part 2. Here we go. I've noticed, and, and people we talk to all the time notice that there are companies that have company websites with jobs posted in them. But many of us believe that that's not really that important to pay attention to because, of course, all those jobs that are on company websites are really posted there for the internal folks. And those jobs are represented by recruiters on the outside. So it's much more efficient for me to focus on working on a recruiter who's obviously yeah. thinking about all those those job postings so that I don't have to go direct to the source every time. Is that, is that a good way to think? Yeah. <laughs> you voice? couldn't even finish without laughing, right? Yeah. No, that's not a good way to think. Those website postings from individual companies are not just for internal people. If they were just on the, for internal people, they would be on the intranet and not on the external website that we could see. Yeah, there's a real return to what we call direct sourcing. And, and really what it is, is the elimination of the middle person, the recruiters, the external recruiters, in the same way that the, the travel business has gotten rid of so many travel agents because of the internet. And it's really quite simple. It's just like manager tools. This is the disintermediation of management development. We don't have to have your company hire us for us to share our knowledge with you. Now, this podcast is not a great business model necessarily because you're getting it for free, but um, we've been doing this long enough. We want you to benefit. But the fact is, one of the strongest trends in recruitment now is a move back to direct sourcing. Instead of using recruitment agencies, companies are using direct methods to reach available candidates. They're advertising themselves. They're having in-house or outsourced teams of people searching for candidates on job boards, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook. There are people, internal people, not HR people necessarily, creating their own candidate pools or are actually running referral schemes where, where you know, you get $1,000 or 1,000 pounds if you refer somebody that gets hired. For the last 20 years or so, if, as a job seeker, you wanted access to all the available roles in a particular industry or sector or area, all you had to do is register with the right recruitment agency. That's, that's what you're referring to, right? Right. Companies benefited from having one contact with the market, and they trusted companies trusted agencies to come up with the best people that were already pre-screened and briefed. The flip side of that was that it was very expensive. Generally, agencies charged 30% of the first year's salary. And frankly, there's a risk that the company, the, the external firm, uh, the agency, was not representing the company well. They were maybe playing favorites with some other company. But in the last few years, with direct communication with customers becoming more important, employment brands making a difference that that employment brand of a particular company would get watered down using a recruiting firm and, and a drive to cut costs, companies have been taking control back about the connection they make with potential resources. Look, recruitment is still a function which is highly likely to be outsourced because it tends to be boom and bust often, but those folks are going to be contacting candidates directly often rather than just simply putting a job with an external agency. Now, okay, so that, that's the background, but what does that mean, right? 
it means, that as Mike alluded to with his joke, that having a relationship with a recruiter is not enough. Okay? Recruitment companies are losing contracts. They're going under. They're going out of business at an astounding rate. And industry is changing. I think I mentioned recently in a cast, sometime in the last six months, that I saw that uh, the CEO of Hydric Struggle has rebranded his firm. I, I can't remember what, what the, how the brand has changed, but in part because of his connection with the CEO of Twitter. I'm sorry, not the CEO of Twitter, the CEO of LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. About, he, he believed that his industry was, was facing LinkedIn and other similar things were, was facing an enormous disintermediation trend. And he had to start selling his services as a consultant on how to hire good people rather than on the connector of people with companies because companies didn't need help connecting with people anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my recollection. Yeah. Yeah. We talked um, about that. Yeah. So look, there's a big change of foot and we have some recommendations. Number one, you've got to look at the company websites of companies you might be interested in. If there is a company you're interested in working for, you need to be looking at their website, not just on job boards. Companies are upgraded their recruitment pages. They've got RSS feeds, which notify you of new roles. God, that sounds so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, imagine being the young, technically inclined person who says in an HR meeting, why don't we just put out an RSS feed with all of our jobs? Wow. That'll make you look good. Now, now this is a bias, folks. This is where being in the States is probably biases me. I apologize for this. But if I asked you what companies you went to work for and you, you wanted to go to work for and you said Google, Microsoft, Apple, Nike, Sony, Facebook, something like that, Dell, I'm making that up. If those companies were in your list or you have companies like that, I want to caution you on something. You are like a lot of the young people that I talk to, I've talked to over the last 20, 25 years, and your list is biased because you're thinking of big successful companies that advertise to individuals because it helps Google for an individual to know about Google. It helps Apple for you to know about Apple because you'll buy an iPod or an iPhone or an iPad or whatever, or Mac. It helps Nike because you can go buy their products. The fact is... There are a lot of companies that don't advertise to consumers that are fabulously successful, don't get the brand, uh, the brand recognition, and therefore don't have the hordes of people applying to them and do very, very well. You can drive between any two cities in the U.S. today, uh, between Austin and San Antonio, Dallas and Houston, uh, Washington and New York, Atlanta and Columbus uh, uh, or uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and within a block of the interstate – um, between those two cities, there are companies you've never heard of that are fabulously successful that have hiring need, have hire, have openings, and people don't apply to them because they don't know about them because they don't advertise. And a good example is our friend John Hoffman, who went to work years and years and years ago at Applied Materials. He's since left. He's the CEO of another firm now. At the top of his career, I think he was COO there. And John didn't care that Applied Materials wasn't a household name because Applied Materials didn't care that it wasn't a household name because Applied Materials makes the machine that makes the chips that, that go into wafer fab sites at Intel and other chip fabrication companies. They make PVD and CVD and etch machines that cost millions of dollars that individuals can't buy. They sell to other businesses. They're a B2B company, business to business company. Most people don't think about applying to them unless you have particular knowledge in the industry. 
Okay. John said, look, I'd be crazy not to go to work for a company like this because in the next 30 years, they're going to do well because of all this technology. This was in, uh, we were having this conversation in 1988, I think. It was a long, long time ago. Uh, and it served him very, very well being in the technology industry. But he had to get over the idea that he wanted to go to work for Apple or Nike. He wouldn't want to go to work for Apple, but Nike or Sony or or even Procter & Gamble, a consumer products company where one of our good friends uh, went to work. So you have to think about your local area. And there are companies within a mile or two of you that you don't know about. And we'll put out a cast sometime in the next year talking about how to find out where companies are. And oftentimes you'll hear about a company called XYZ and you'll think, well, I've never heard of them. I don't know what they do. They don't seem very interesting to me. And then you discover they're a division, a recently acquired division of a large company that you know a lot about, but they make something behind the scenes and they, they're part of a vertical integration, integration strategy. And you might very well have liked to have gone to work for that larger company, um, but you don't know any better because they're not advertising. So just a, just a word of caution that looking at company websites, finding out the companies in your area, if in fact not moving is important to you. Find out about the industry and the companies you might want to work for that aren't necessarily just consumer product companies that advertise to you. Because again, you can't rely on that recruiter to bring you jobs. The next thing is, folks, you've got to be on LinkedIn, right? In-house recruiters and outsource recruiters are being taught to go to LinkedIn to find the right candidates. Why? Because they don't have to pay 30% off the top. They're starting groups, to get in contact with the right people. In other words, they're starting a group on LinkedIn about a particular company in order to make themselves connected to you so they can look at your resume, right? For them, it's free to tap into a pool of qualified individuals. And like I said, right, compare free to 30% of starting salary first year. And we like LinkedIn. Look, we understand how important Facebook is to so many of you. We're, we're not anti-Facebook. Mike is pro-Facebook. I'm anti-Facebook personally, but, but we understand that <laughs> Facebook is a huge, huge, I, I, I'm the, I'm the only person, I'm the last man standing, not, on, not on Facebook. That in fact may be true. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and look, I, I recognize the, the, uh, the iconoclasm, if in fact that's a word <laughs> of, of my position. On the other hand, we recognize its value, but it is not the place to be a professional. Facebook is not. It may become so. LinkedIn is the place to be a professional. And companies are using it now, using it effectively. And it was intended in part that this would happen. And so there are there are systems and checks in, in place to allow that to happen. Just to be clear part, because I think you, you spoke a half-truth there, is that, in fact, companies are using Facebook. They're using Facebook to oh, eliminate you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, just to be clear, yeah. they are looking at it. Well, I, I would just make another suggestion here. And I know this makes me old or, or, you know, cranky or crotchety or something, but think about it for me. You, you're speaking a half truth about what companies are using it for. I, I would go further. There are people who are listening to this who think, no, 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 Facebook is using, or I'm sorry, companies are using Facebook professionally because they're advertising. They're, they're, they're wanting me to associate with their brand. And yes, you know who those companies are? The consumer product companies. They're advertising to you. They're thinking of you as a consumer, as a customer, not as a potential hire. The stories of people getting hired through Facebook are unique, and so they make the news. But the fact is, companies that are thinking about Facebook are thinking about raising their 
not their employment brand, although they wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a bad thing for them. They'd be happy with that. Raising your brand is a good thing, but they're thinking about it from a marketing perspective rather than from a hiring perspective, particularly for the bigger companies that are more well-known. So it's the same thing when young people say to me, well, I want to go to work for this consumer product company. Yeah, well, you'll see that consumer product company on Facebook and they want to friend you on Facebook because they want to be able to say, we have a million friends and that builds their brand. That doesn't mean they're going to hire you. And they certainly won't hire you if you have what has become common wisdom, which is a picture of you at a party on your Facebook page. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, we look for intelligent people. And you're, you're not thought of as intelligent if you have a picture of you at a party on your Facebook page and you want people to see you as a professional on your Facebook page. Yeah. It's not so much the, the picture of a party, the picture of a party where you're falling over drunk. Well, here's the thing. You know what? I mentioned that to somebody recently, Mike. I mentioned somebody, yeah, falling over drunk. They said, oh, no, my picture, I'm not falling over drunk. And I realized that characterization is offensive to some people, right? And so I asked this person to show me their Facebook page. I was out visiting my daughter, Kate, and I, I saw a Facebook page. And this person definitely wasn't falling over drunk. They had their arms around two people that... All three of them were glassy-eyed. They had on ratty T-shirts. That's fine. They were having a party. They had plastic, you know, what I call a walker cup. So you can, you know, you can walk around with it, a plastic cup that surely had beer in it. Their hair was messed up. They were clearly happy in, in one person's case. And I don't, I, and when I first looked at the picture, I wasn't sure which person was the person that I was talking to in the picture. I wasn't sure which one he was, but his shirt was short enough that I could see what would be called midriff on, on, on a lady. And no, he definitely wasn't falling down drunk. And it absolutely would kill his chances, in my opinion, yeah. for getting hired if he shared a Facebook, his Facebook page with a company, which by the way, if you have a Facebook page, you're sharing it with a company that you're interested in because they're going to look. Yeah. And I would have, I would have inappropriately characterized that photo as him falling over drunk. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. That's, that's the that's the image that I would have been left with, even though. Yeah, and I think based on the answer. conversation, that, that that's why I mentioned that story because because I would we would say that right, and we 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 mean something more broadly than that. But I, you know, this guy said, no, no, I it's not, that's not my picture. And then I looked and I said, yeah, that's your picture. He says, no, it's not. I'm not falling down drunk. I said, ah, I see. Yeah. Let me characterize it more effectively. That's a non-professional picture. You don't have to be falling down drunk for it to be non-professional. Yeah. So it's pretty clear though with going back to LinkedIn, you know, if you're a company and you can save 30% of someone's first year salary, you know that the folks looking at LinkedIn and this disintermediation is absolutely going to continue, right? It's only going to grow. Yep. No question. Now, it seems to me that a lot of these trends make it a lot harder on individuals. Like you got to do a lot more work these days. I mean, you got to go look at company websites. You can't expect recruiters to bring the jobs to you necessarily. You got to be on LinkedIn and you got to do it properly. And we did a podcast on that. So you can, you can go listen to that, but you also have got to pay attention to your network. The network is more important than ever. And that requires a little bit of work. Yeah. I actually, that's interesting. You know, you're right, right. We're going to talk about that. And yet I think I, I've had some conversations with people like, yeah, LinkedIn's my new network. I'm okay. 
Okay. I know. Not that's really. not. Mm, right? LinkedIn allows you to introduce yourself to people, connect to people. Introduce is probably not the right word, but you can connect electronically. And that is a foothold to a lot more people, which you then have to follow up with behavior in order to have the network that will increase the chances that they will refer you to a boss or something along those lines. But look, consider it differently. When recruitment agencies were the mediator before this, this incredible technologically enabled disintermediation we're going through, it was their network, the recruitment agency's network, that job seekers used to find employment. And look, recruiters, by definition, have great networks. <laughs> and now they're using them to find their own jobs, <laughs> not as recruiters. And we have to rely on our own network. In the more fractured market we've got right now, we need a stronger network of our own, not relying on somebody else's, a recruiter who is paid to hold on to the network to get the information we want about where the jobs are. So yeah, network is more important than ever. You know, 50 years from now, there's going to be even cooler. A hundred years from now, there's going to be cooler, better, more totally awesomer in technology. And network is still going to matter. Companies have found that referrals, in other words, when a current employee recommends a friend or a previous college colleague for a role, referrals are cheaper and lead to a higher quality of hire than other methods of recruiting. Definitely cheaper than a recruiting firm and higher quality as well. And look, this method, referrals, leverages basic human nature. If you're going to recommend someone to work on your team, you're not going to recommend adult, Right. But in order to get referred into a company you want to work for, you got to know somebody who works there. And that means having a strong network. And look, we've got a cast about building a network. Please listen to it. Listen to the cast on LinkedIn. The network and the LinkedIn cast really do go together. They're not intended to go together, but listening to both of them will give you more ideas about how to strengthen your connections on, on LinkedIn and strengthen your network as well. Good. Now, we've all seen the horror stories about the number of applications per job, right? I mean, there yeah, are hiring managers out there who have a pile of applications following an advertisement they did for a position. And as long as the unemployment rate is, is as high as it is, the number of applications per role is going to continue to be high. And I'm sorry, if you're a hiring manager and you're getting a four-page resume yeah. It's difficult. If it's on a pile of 200 applications, you know, the tendency is to skip it. It's just too hard. You've got to get your multi-page resume to one page. You have to. Yeah. If you have to fill out a four-page application and that's taking time that you could have been spending on your resume because your resume is not ready because you haven't updated it because you haven't tightened it, you just increase your chances for errors, right? You know, there have been statistics for as long as we have been involved in hiring and recruiting about the average length of time a resume gets to be reviewed. They always seem to be completely made up. I mean, I, I throw those numbers around, but, but there's no, you know, I don't, I don't have pure data on it. We do know, however, that since every application has to be reviewed and the hiring manager or the screener has a limited amount of time, in a time like this, the time for each one goes down. So you've got to be concise regarding your resume. Three-page resumes were never read comprehensively. And there's less of a chance that they're going to be read comprehensively now. 
I'm struggling with the tendency that I have to say, look, folks, we're right about this. We've been right for a long time. And your friend who says, yeah, I have a three-page resume, doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, Reduce your resume to one page and focus on the results you can deliver. Remember, it boils down to the core of your resume. The purpose of your resume is to get you an interview. And what the hiring and recruiting people are looking for is what you've done and how well you've done it. The only way to deal with this trend of the tight market is for you to have a one-page resume so the recruiter can get a really quick look. I believe that the one-page resume is much more likely to go and they'll take another look at stack rather than the three-page resume. And look, we've got a cast that talks specifically about exactly how to do it. You can go to the website and get more guidance. You can get sample resume reviews that Wendy has done to help you understand how specific we are about how to make it one page and how, frankly, easy it is for most people to get to a one-page resume. We strongly recommend it. So let me start the wrap-up by saying this. Folks, these recommendations are going to be effective five years from now. We often talk at Manager Tools about the difference between timely and timeless. This is one of those rare casts that has a time hack associated with it. It's the middle of 2010 when it's going to get released. But we don't make recommendations that we're going to say later, forget about it, right? Or at least we don't intentionally do that. We're not trying to make recommendations that are uh, fleeting in nature. Now, we I suppose it's possible that video resumes... 20 or 30 years from now will become big. They're not going to become big in the next five years. There's no question about that, even with the growth in video on the web, in part because of laws about discrimination. But that said, this is timely for 2010, but the one page, the network, the LinkedIn, the direct sourcing, all of that would have worked, maybe not LinkedIn, three, four, five, 10 years ago. It would have worked and it will work five or 10 years from now, even when the market is better. All of these recommendations stand the test of time unless technology overtakes them in some way. But the fundamental principles here, working harder and being smarter in a tight market, just get you more results when the market is is good, when it's a real seller's market rather than a buyer's market. So recognize this is timely, but, but it will stand the test of time. If you're listening to this in 2012 and you're wondering, is it still valid? Um, send me an email in 2012 to show at managertools.com. And I'd be willing to bet you the answer is going to be yes on 100% of it. So here are our recommendations again. Conduct your job hunt strategically. Be smart. If you're not going to move, question that assumption, right? Maybe moving would be okay, particularly if you're young and you're not married yet. You don't have kids, you don't have a mortgage and so on. But, but even if you're not young, it may be that the perfect industry is, is hiring in the right place for you and, and it'd be a, a smart move. But don't just make, just don't act as if not moving is the only option. But then be strategic about asking yourself what it is you want, what it is you're good at, and find companies in your area. We don't recommend video resumes. I don't know how much more strongly we can talk about that. Please don't do it. Don't waste your time. If you have that kind of time, make outreach on LinkedIn. Look for companies in your area. Look at their websites. Uh, Yeah, certainly go to the job board. There's nothing wrong with that, but they're not as powerful as they used to be. And make sure your network is doing everything it can for you. Certainly, you've got to be thinking about direct sourcing, and that means company websites, LinkedIn, and, and your network critical, critical, critical. And then you've got to have a one-page resume. We'll stand by that for a long, 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 long time. 
And, and, and let me leave you with this. The market is tight right now in 2010, but there are opportunities. It is not as bad as people tell you it is. And if you talk to somebody who seems down in the mouth and they're telling you how bad it is, it's because they don't see the world the way the world is. They see the world the way they are. Stay positive. All is not lost. Despite the economic difficulties, everyday people are getting new, exciting jobs, full of growth, full of opportunity. Understanding what's happening, capitalizing on these trends while also keeping an eye on the core things that will always be true about searches are the ways to move forward in a market like this. And we hope you do well. Please let us know how you're doing, good or bad, by sending us an email, show at managertools.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll have more for you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.